This is Wednesday night Bible study class with Reverend Mac Perry here at the Pine Level Pentecostal News Church. We'll begin our Bible study in just four minutes, so stay with us.
encourage you can be with us tonight for our Bible study, our Wednesday night Bible study. Thank you for being here. I'll be studying uh, tonight uh, in John chapter 7, starting with verse 1. Uh, I'm back to my more, um, what I call, uh, Bible study by verse by verse. Uh, starting in chapter 7 of John Reason, I already spent a lot of time teaching chapter 1 through 6, and many of you uh, have done that. I have not finished John, so I felt it would be good to pick it up and continue in John. Uh, I do like John. I enjoy John. I'll tell you some of the reasons why tonight as we start. Uh, but first, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's thank God for His many blessings, keeping us safe and, and uh, blessing us. Uh, also, uh, I know there's needs out there. We pray tonight um, together for all those needs. Let's remember the names of those that have things in their heart and their life and their sicknesses and many things that uh, they need our prayers for. So uh, also let's pray for our service Sunday morning at 1030. We'll have both live streaming and we'll have to drive uh, in again. So be with us if you can. But if you feel uh, you'd rather be home from a safer standpoint, uh, from a, I understand uh, especially seniors, it's okay for you to come. But if you'd rather stay home, that's okay too. We understand that. So pray with me tonight uh, as we pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night you've given us, Lord, to be together, to listen to your word, Lord. Lord, bless us tonight, Lord. Let your word sink into our hearts and our minds, Lord, that everything we do and say, Lord, we go forth to work for you, Lord, to reach the lost, to reach those that are in need, reach those that are sick, dear Father. Lord, feed us tonight, Lord. Feed us, feed us the bread of life. Feed us Jesus tonight, Lord. The story of Jesus, Lord, that John tells us is wonderful, Lord. And we appreciate that, Lord. We need it, dear Father, encouragement and the strength to go forward each day. Lord, touch the many... Uh, ministries of our church, Lord, as we try to gather back together very soon, hopefully, Lord, be with us, bless us, Lord, that, you know, we work together, we go forward and do your work and your will, Lord. Lord, we know it's all about you, Lord, and that we may remove ourselves, dear Father. Lord, bless your church, Lord, continue to touch us and be with us as we go forward and do your work. Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord, for all that you do for us, Lord, for living in our hearts, Lord, your Spirit, dear Father, that guides us and leads us, that encourages us, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for the leadership, Lord, our pastor, all our teachers, Lord. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, Lord, to do your work and your will. Bless me tonight, dear Father, as I teach your word, Lord, that has blessed me all week. Be with me, dear Father, in thy name I pray. Amen and amen. Um, before I start reading, I do want to say a little bit about... Um, you know, Bible studies are very important, not only when we do it like in this forum, or we also should be spending a lot of quality time. As I've taught in the past, uh, building a relate relationship with God as far as reading and studying His Word. Um, I, I like the Bible study format, verse by verse. The message is the same. The message for all of us is the same. It doesn't vary. But I have come to an understanding that it blesses us each differently. Think about that. The message is the same, but we are each different. We have different things in our life. 
that we are challenged with or that maybe we need help with. And the reading and studying of his word, the message is the same, but the blessing may be different for each one. Just a few of those, I think about them as I've been praying and thinking about this this week. Uh, You know, his word can lift the burdens from our, our hearts and soul and mind. It can give us a better understanding. You know, uh, His Word can convict our hearts of those things that we need to remove out of our heart. You know, sometimes as a human, we justify things as okay. But when we study His Word and and we uh, read His Word, He helps convict our heart that they may not be the right thing for us to do. He'll let us know. You know, His Word will give us peace. His Word will lift us up if we're down. His Word will bless us. And just as important as all the rest, His Word will let us know the truth. And the truth, hallelujah, will set us free because today is very hard to find the truth in this world. It seems like every way you turn, you're being deceived. You're not being told the truth. So the Word, the one thing that we can stand on is the Word of God. Would you read with me tonight as we read John chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, which basically means Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was in at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, now I do want you to know, we'll talk about this a little bit. His brethren, the word there is actually meaning his stepbrothers. He have he has some stepbrothers that we'll talk about and in the next couple of verses you'll learn a little bit more that they, they really were kind of edging him on there about something that we'll talk about. It's very important. Depart hence and go into Judea is what they're saying, that thy disciples also may see thy works and and that thy doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret and in himself seek to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world, for neither did his brethren believe in him. So at this point, his uh, half-brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said unto him, My time is not yet come. Remember that. We're going to talk about not yet, and especially the word yet. But your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hateth. It, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works there are, are evil. Go ye up unto the feast. I go not yet unto the feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brothers brethren were gone up, then went he also up into the feast, not openly, but as it was were a secret, in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, He is a good man. Remember that saying. Some said, He is a good man. Others say, Nay, but he deceiveth 
the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. I believe Jew, uh, um, John threw that uh, verse 13 in for a purpose. We'll talk about it a little bit. Let me read it one more time. Howbeit no man spake, it, spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, meaning words, having never learned? Basically saying that he does not have an education there. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is my, not mine, but is his that has sent me. So notice what he said there. It's not my doctrine, the reason that I can use the letters, the words that I use. Verse 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak it, speak of myself. Verse 18, he hath speaketh of himself, seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, and same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Thank you, dear Jesus. Bless us, Lord, and open up our hearts as we study your word. Let me tell you a little bit about the book of John, just some things about studying this chapter that um, I like, I enjoy, but I also want to highlight it so it kind of keep you in tune of what to be looking for and what to be thinking about. Um, John was a disciple. He was also the author of John and, and some other things. But, you know, Jesus described John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So Jesus loved uh, John and he had a special love for him as he does all of us. But John was special to him also. And the Gospel of John was written around 85 or 90 AD, which is uh, uh, after the death of Christ, and based on papyrus and writing and some, um, also some other ancient Egyptian scrolls that have been found since the time show that his uh, book of John was actually uh, being circulated about 135 A.D., so it was actually being read back in that time. Just finding a little bit of history here that's interesting. Maybe you'll be interested in it. So John's writing a little bit about the gospel itself. Um, I believe John especially wanted to share who Jesus was and, and just give more in-depth understanding of who Jesus was was. I think it was written to help us understand more about who Jesus Christ really was. And that was He was the Son of God. The other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they um, tell us about Jesus. But John has a way of telling us uniquely about a deeper spiritual type of relationship with Him. Had a deeper spiritual meaning in His words. Because he uses words, John uses words a lot like light, water, uh, love, and um, bread, and things like that. He uses descriptive words to talk about who uh, Jesus really was. And I believe John's message in, in, in the whole book of John, the whole uh, book of John is, is especially to me. 
and me as a Christian and to me, I believe, to his church. Some general characteristics. Uh, Jesus' uh, uh, deity, he re- who he really was, as I mentioned, John talked about. John tells us about seven different witnesses to the fact. Witnesses. You know, the Bible talks about having witnesses to the fact. And they had these uh, witnesses to who Jesus really was. He tells us about seven different I am's. I'll speak about those a little bit later, but uh, as I mentioned, he talks about I I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am. So John uses these uh, words to tell us who Jesus really was. He also tells us about seven miracles in the uh, first seven chapters and many more things that happened, but seven major miracles. So John is a witness also to this. And most of all, he tells us about salvation and Jesus is uh, telling us about accepting him as our personal savior. The first six chapters of John, first chapter uh, tells us about Christ being made flesh. In other words, Christ coming to earth and being born here on earth. The second chapter of John, I think it's good to refresh our memory so we know where we're at right now in chapter 7 as we start tonight. But chapter 2, Christ, the first miracle was in uh, chapter 2. And then uh, uh, chapter 3, Christ who came from above. And it also tells us the story of Nicodemus. Chapter 4, Christ, the one who satisfies. Uh, For example, the woman at the well and also... Uh, there's another point there that's very important that, came, uh, that Jesus tells us about. He won't supposed to be around someone like this woman, a Samaritan. The Jews weren't allowed to do that. But he stepped out beyond where he, you know, he, he's supposed by the world's rules. He stepped out beyond and did what his father wanted him do, to do. And then um, chapter 5, Christ the healer um, and healing on the Sabbath, as you remember, that... Um, you know, that, this is where they actually, uh, the uh, religious leaders and the Jewish uh, leaders started getting really mad at him because they accused him of healing on the seventh. And then in the sixth um, chapter, it tells about Christ being the bread of life and also feeding the multitudes, as we remember, the five loaves of bread and two fish. So tonight, as we start in uh, chapter 7, verse 1, I think the theme... Uh, here is more about Christ the teacher. Christ the teacher. Uh, chapter 7 is about Jesus teaching in the te- temple and also at the Feast of Tabernacles. Just a few questions to help you be thinking and stimulate some thinking about uh, us going through first the first 10 uh, verses and then we'll go through the last 7-8 verses. But I kind of broke it in two parts because I feel like in my heart it's two parts. First part is about him teaching and um, questions uh, just to uh, ask and we'll go through We'll talk about these and answer them. You probably already know some of the answers. But first question, why did some of the Jewish people uh, were asking about Jesus uh, and um, especially the leaders, asking where's he at? Why were they asking? And then what is the Feast of Tabernacles? What did that mean and why was Jesus there? And Jesus said, my time is not yet come. Remember that. But uh, also, uh, um Question four, why did Jesus say the world but hateth me? Let's, we'll talk about that a little bit. And then it, uh, the fifth uh, question is, 
Um, he went up to the feast, but not openly. It was kind of like it was a secret. We want to talk about that a little bit and understand exactly what John was trying to tell us and help us to understand. Um, the events uh, that we've been reading, or uh, as we've read in the past, in the first six chapters, mostly took place in Galilee, and before that in Jerusalem. Uh, and um, there was a controversy in Jerusalem, as I mentioned, about healing on the Sabbath. So uh, um, uh, that was something that I believe one of the reasons why they were looking for Jesus, but we'll get there in just a minute. It is also believed and confirmed that chapter 6, that we did have a little bit, uh, a part of our message came out of that last week, um, was about one year before Jesus' crucifixion, about one year. And the events that we're starting to study in chapter 7 is about six months before his crucifixion. You can read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they help confirm this. One thing that we know, we do know that the Feast of Tabernacles, um, that event was about six months before his death. Um, during uh, Jesus' last six months to a year, he mostly spent his time and was confined to the Galilee area. Um, and the word Jerry or Judea, where he no longer walked, is because the uh, religious leaders were plotting to kill him. And our Jesus didn't want to make a big scene. And I'll talk about this, a couple other reasons uh, why it was a secret in the words of John, which has a little bit different connotational meaning than what we may just think it was a secret. The main point why Jesus... Um, was where he was and why he went where he went as we've studied uh, about Jesus. We should always remember Jesus was the following a divine uh, schedule. He won't own his schedule. So wherever he went, however he got in there, he was doing what his father was telling him. He was on his father's schedule. The truth is these men couldn't have done anything to him even if he'd have went and made a big scene. But that ain't what God wanted him to do. He was doing exactly what God wanted to do. That's what we got to remember in our life. I think about what Jesus was doing his last days here on earth. Uh, you know, I'm not saying in six months Jesus is coming. I, I believe without any doubt before I step off this pulpit, Jesus could come tonight. I believe that with all my heart and soul and mind that he could come tonight. Hallelujah. And I'm ready. I want him to come. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him to come and thank God for that. But we also should be doing the same thing that Jesus was doing in his last days. Folks, I think if you are a Christian and you love God, you know with all the wording in his word, the prophecy in his word tells us that we're in the last days. We're in the last days, folks, and we should be doing like Jesus did, teaching and searching for the lost, witnessing to the lost, trying to reach the lost. We should be doing everything we can to bless people, to teach people, and we need to be building his church. We're in the last days. And that's what Jesus is saying then and he's saying it to us now is that we're in the last days and we need to be teaching and spreading the gospel with all our heart, soul, and mind and doing everything we can to reach those that have needs. Chapter 7, uh, as I mentioned, was about six months. We're now uh, into the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. Well, 
the religious leaders had, be, had just had got a hatred now for him. They're actually plotting to kill him. They're, and the, the gatherings are growing more and more to uh, persecute him, to criticize him, to chastise him. So Jesus knew not to make a scene, but he had a mission that God wanted him to do, so he went exactly where his father. So he went to the Feast of Tabernacles. But also, I want to tell you, these three feasts that all Jewish men, and it's a law, all Jewish men are required to attend the Feast of pa uh, Passover, Feast of Tabernacles, and also Pentecost. Well, Jesus, our Jesus, follows the law, even the law of the land, just like we're supposed to be doing today, following the law. He followed the law. He knew that he needed to go and be a part of the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. A little bit about the Feast of Tabernacles. A little bit more detail about what that is. You can go read that sometime in Leviticus chapter 23. But I'll just briefly tell you that this was a feast of great joy to celebrate the Israel's wonderful liberation and deliverance from the land of Egypt uh, of slavery. You remember the whole... Uh, Thing, a story there where God freed him from, the, from Egypt. And he did a lot of things, a lot of miracles there and, and, uh, and blessed his people at that time. So this was a feast to celebrate that. They lived in tents and wandered in the wilderness for many years. So they celebrated this. Um, so they would have a feast where they illuminated the inner courts. They had all kinds of pouring of water in the temple and blessing people with, uh, with uh, spiritual water. And also they were signifying God's deliverance and all doing all this from the hand of the Egyptians. When we look at verse 3 through 6, um, uh, they, they mentioned there, the, the words mentioned there about um, the brethren. I mentioned that there... Um, his actual half-brothers. He had four. If I understand correctly, you can read about them in Matthew. Uh, they were James, Joseph, Simon, and Jude, which was also known as Judas. But uh, at this time, they did not believe in Jesus. They did not believe that he was the Son of Christ. But eventually, I know, based on studying the Bible, uh, I've been also been taught that uh, his half-brother James... Uh, became a Christian and also wrote the epistle of James and also his half-brother uh, Jude, which is Judas. He, uh, it is believed that he actually wrote the book of Jude. So uh, there's two of his brothers that were converted. But at this time, they didn't believe him. They were being kind of sarcastic or uh, uh, in some way trying to imply to him, well, just go do one of your miracles and, and let them know who you really are. They were advising Jesus, and it made me think about how, you know, growing up as younger, and also even when I become a young man, how your friends would always try to encourage you to go do something, but you just kind of knew it was wrong, or uh, you, you sometimes you didn't know it was wrong. That's why it's so important. Jesus was following his God, his Father, and he was on a divine course. We need to be on a divine course. We need to make sure that we're in God's time, that we're doing what God's telling us. And I believe a great step forward for all of us, all of us in our spiritual life, is to understand that we're not on our timeline. We're not... Uh, 
uh, in the self-control that we think we are. We are in God's time and we are in God's plan. And all we have to do is seek that plan. All we have to do is look. He has a plan for us. He, God knows you know, without any doubt what's going to happen. God's plan isn't unchanging. It's never a surprise to Him. He never caught off guard. He knew exactly. And this was our Jesus. Jesus knew exactly what He had to go do and what He was supposed to go do because He was that close with His Father. That's the closeness we need to be with our Father also. We should do the same. We should listen and try to understand what God's plan is for us. You know, preachers, teachers, anyone working for God needs to make sure and we are trying to work on His plan and with His understanding in our hearts. Seek God's plan. He will guide us and lead us. We as humans, we're going to make mistakes. If we try to, make, if we try to go forward without God, we will make mistakes. Uh, mistakes. This flesh is sinful. You know, I think that those brethren trying to mislead him, we won't, don't want to ever be that type of person to mislead anyone. We want to make sure that we're teaching and sharing God's Word the way He wants it, and also we need to be seeking His will. I know my Jesus was following His God's will that night. As we read the New Testament, it is clear and sometimes amazing to me that Jesus was willing, and, and, and tonight the verses tell us again, the, that he was willing to leave beside his Father in heaven. You know, he had everything. He was the Son of God, but yet he came down to this earth to suffer, to live in our bodies, to live as a flesh, to show how much he loved us and how much he uh, wanted to bless us. Folks, our Jesus loved us that much to die for us on the cross. And Galatians 4, 4 and 5, those verses confirm again when it says, but when the time is fully come, God sent His Son. So it was time for Jesus to come way back the time He came. It was meant for Him to come. It was a prophecy for Him to come and walk on this earth. And even... Uh, the Jewish people, the leaders, they were so self-righteous, so full of pride, they just couldn't accept that. Verse 6, notice the little word, yet. My time is not yet come. Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't go. He just said, it wasn't my time yet. <clears throat> he didn't. He won't going to go down and do something spectacular to try to get noticed like his brother-in-laws wanted him to do. He was just following and wanting to witness for his father. Wisdom sometimes tells us also that the time is not yet. You know, we are all so anxious. We all sometimes don't have the patience that we need. But we need to be patient with God. We need to be in His time and in His will. And when I think about the word yet, it, it, it reminds me of Mac. Maybe you step back and think about it. I had a wise person tell me one time, and I believe he was a godly man. I was talking to him about a situation that was in my life. And he said, the best advice that you've already told me you were praying and you were seeking God's will and you were doing this. He said, the best uh, advice I can give you, Mac, is wait. Wait on God. Wait. It's not yet 
time. Because if it was, you would have a peace about it. You would have more of an understanding. You wouldn't be confused. So folks, we need to be in God's time and, be, uh, and have a peace about it. In verses 7 through 9, the world is a hostile sinful. It was back then. It's even more sinful today, I believe. And the reason the world hates Jesus because Jesus is the light of the world. He reveals people. He turns their heart on to understand that they're sinning. And it makes some people mad. It, it, you know, no, nobody in this world really likes to be told what to do, it seems. The only way is to give your heart to God. But Jesus reveals how heart, our hearts really are. People do not like to be told what to do and that they're doing wrong or there's a right way. And that's what Jesus does to all of us and to this sinful world. And there's a lot of people that don't accept it. Just like those... Um, Leaders did it, the Jewish leaders at the time. They let pride get in the way. They let self get in the way. And they wouldn't accept who he really was. because they And they hated him for that. You know, they didn't hate him for the words. They hated him because of who he claimed to be. He reveals sin and he condemns sin. That's why they hate men. Verse 10, oh, men hates him. I'm sorry. Verse 10, we have to understand that Jesus was in God's plan. He went where God wanted him to go. We'll discuss in a little bit more in detail how he got in and what a sheep gate is, how he entered um, into the place of where he was at. That's, a, that's the next um, subject. So just a little bit summarizing verse 1 through 10. Um, we as Christians do not yet see how our time has been made meaningful unless we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And sometimes as Christians, we have to understand. That's one of the, I think, things that holds us back is we don't truly give it all to Him and His plan for us and what we should be doing. We try to keep doing ourselves. Young people, don't get discouraged if you haven't found your place yet or your time yet or you, uh, you don't feel that you're doing what you should be doing for the Lord yet. Keep planning. I mean, keep praying and keep reading God's Word. He has a plan. If you will allow Him and put your faith and your trust in Him, He will remove those things, the stuff, that sin, and the other things, as I started out, how His Word will affect us all differently. There's things in our life that He touches in His Word that removes things out of our life to help us go forward and understand. If we don't, if we don't allow him, then we'll never understand his plan for us. Jesus waited on God and went according to his Father's plan. Let's look at verses 11 through 18 now. 
Um, this was a different message, um, a little bit to me and my heart, and it was more about who is Jesus and his teaching. And um, the word came out in the first uh, couple verses in 11 and 12 about he's a good man. It was one of the quotes. Why did they say that? The second question, again, I'll plant some questions so you can be thinking about it as we go through it. Why were people scared and feared to say openly things about Jesus? We could say the same thing about us today. Why are we sometimes scared or feared? I think it was a little different back then, I'll tell you about it. But today, we seem to sometimes be hesitant to tell people about Jesus. Why? First part of this lesson, we would uh, first uh, part of the lesson tonight, we discussed who he is. The second part, we'll be talking about his teaching. Do you believe his teaching is true? And I asked you that question for a reason. We'll talk about it. You know, there's a decision that Jesus is telling us we have to make. And then the, the last question I'll just plant in your heart to be thinking about is, does man really want to hear from God? Does man really want to hear from God? James Montgomery Boyce, a well-known author, very uh, man of God, loved Jesus, wrote many, many books, and also had a radio uh, station study, Bible study hour that was on each day. And he wrote in one of his books that I was reading about a survey that he did. And he was going to put it, he, his Bible study consisted of who is Jesus. So he went out on the street. This time it wasn't going out and asking Christians or specific individuals. It was just going out on the street, an impromptu walk up to anybody and, and uh, ask them this question. Who is Jesus Christ? Most of the answers uh, from the just the people walk on the street was really revealing and in, in his words illuminating of the world that we live in today. I didn't write them all down. They must have been, I don't know, 25, 30 uh, um, sayings. I picked out the ones that to me were more pertinent what I was trying to point I was making tonight. But uh, here's some of the answers. These are quotes from the people. Jesus Christ was a man who thought he was God. Jesus Christ is pure essence of energy. I think that I think that's something you should decide for yourself, but he had some beautiful ideas. He is one that we can look up to as a leader. He is an individual that lived 2000 years ago who was interested in social betterment and upper class folks also. I think he is, or lower class folks, I think it was. I think he is someone well liked. And he also meant well. Now these are quote comments. And then there was one or some that says, I don't know who he is. I don't know. And then there were some that seemed embarrassed when they asked them and they just had no comment because they had no answer. Folks, I believe that's the world we live in. It's actually worse because this has been 
not many years ago when he did this. So I believe uh, that the world is worse today. But from who really knowing who he is. But this is the interesting fact, fact that even Boyce uh, noted then, that the overwhelming majority of the people admitted that they were aware that Jesus Christ did exist at one time. They, they were at least aware. So who is Jesus Christ? The one thing that is certain, the responses given by the individuals in the Scripture that we read tonight, he is a good man, didn't certainly know who he was, for sure. But it's not who Jesus is. Let's look at what John... I started out by telling you that John does a really good job in my heart, and I think in many hearts, to tell us who our Savior, Jesus Christ, really is. First and foremost, He is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He is our Savior. Hallelujah. But John says, He's the bread of life. We can feed on Him. He's the light of the world. We all have got to do is look to Him and He'll show us the way. He's the gate. He's the way. Way to go. Although narrow, He is the gate. And He says, I am the way, the truth, and He will set us free. You know, it's getting, as I started also, harder and harder to find the truth. Hallelujah. In the world today, it's hard to find the truth. We don't know how, even know how to find the truth about things going on in the world. But the one thing that we can always know is his, this is truth. This is the truth. If you need truth and you need faith, something to put your faith in, it is God's Word. Hallelujah. God's Word is the truth. He was, He is, and He still is the Son of God. He is God. Hallelujah. To help us understand, I jumped ahead a little bit just to say a few words. About in chapter 8 of John, there's a recorded conversation about uh, the Jewish leaders having a conversation with Jesus about Abraham and their salvation. You remember the story. They thought because they were descendants of, of Abraham that they automatically are going to heaven. Folks, you and I know that is a lie of the devil. Hallelujah. It is a lie of the devil. Being a physical descendant of anybody is even, you know, I think about how sometimes uh, people may think, and they do, some do. Well, my mother's been a member there for 50 years. My daddy's been a member there. Just, folks, moms and dads and grandmas can pray you into heaven but they can't save you into heaven. That's something you have to do. And that's what Jesus is teaching us tonight in His Word. He is the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. You know what? And they became more angry. The more He told them about who He was, the more they attacked Him personally. And then I think about that so often the rulers... Uh, you know, by the time he got through, they were wanting to immediately stone him then, but they never did. Why? Because he was under the protective hand of God. The only conclusion I can make uh, from what I'm reading here is that some people, you know what, 
just don't understand who Jesus, they're not willing to put self aside and understand that Jesus is God. And here's the point, folks. Here's the point that's very important. One of the points that's very important. You can't escape him. You can't hide. You can't go hide under a bush. You can't hide from Jesus Christ. We must make a decision. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach him. They must accept him. We must accept him or suffer the alternative. We must accept him. You can't hide. Many people try. Why did the people openly at that time didn't say anything about Jesus? Because at that time, the Jewish rulers would arrest them, stone them, put them in jail, do many different, many things because they hated him so bad. When I think about today, today, why are we sometimes hesitant, sometimes afraid, sometimes we don't, you know, um, maybe say or do something that Jesus Christ wants us to do? What I've learned in my life that I share with you is we need to seek Him more. He will give us the strength. We need to pray more. We need to get His strength in us like Jesus had. Jesus had a boldness. We need to have a boldness. We're not going to be, not in today's world, but it, it may not be long when we have to accept certain things or, or not. And I, I tell you, today is the day to salvation and acceptance of Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? We can't be afraid. We can't be afraid. Don't live afraid. As the pa pastor preached on either, uh, last Sunday, the Sunday before, we shouldn't be afraid. We got Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be afraid or hesitate to tell someone we love Jesus. Folks, not only in our words, but are in our actions. Those people were afraid for different reasons back then. Right now, we have no re We have Jesus Christ in us, living in us as a Christian. We have the strength that we need. In chapter 14, so now Jesus appeared in the temple. The discussion, when Jesus appeared in the temple, was about, were so powerful, his teachings were so powerful, the words that John used is, they were marvelous, they were wonderful. He was teaching at a level that they didn't even, they were like, wow, you know what? This man don't even have an education, but yet he's teaching at that level. I pray every day that God gives me that knowledge and that understanding and that teaching ability because I want to teach where everybody understands and are wowed. And his word is marvelous, not Mac, but his word is marvelous. But I think about many preachers, many preachers, and especially old-timey preachers, even some today, that... Uh, you know, education is good. I, I, I support everyone that wants to go get an education, do whatever I can to help. But I believe true pastors, true preachers, true ministers, true prophets, and true people of God get the word from Him, the strength. The, the, all they need to teach, to preach, and to minister is through Jesus Christ. Education is good. I'm not taking anything away from it. Go get it. But I'm telling you 
that I remember some old-timey preachers. I think even several weeks ago, our pastor mentioned that he knew a pastor or heard a pastor that couldn't even read, but yet he preached the Word of God. I believe that, and that's how our Jesus taught, is because he was teaching for God. He was teaching from God. We want to be able to do the same thing. And I guarantee you, not, not only because I'm saying this, but because the Word says it, if we'll follow God's Word, He will show us how to fulfill our ministry and what he, His plan is for, for uh, each one of us. The Bible often refers in the Old Testament... <clears throat> I'm sorry. Let me continue one more word about that. Um, also, man has limited, even though I, this is my uh, thoughts on this, and I think this uh, from a biblical standpoint is true, very true. Man's understanding of Jesus Christ, even with a PhD, is not, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. You can have a PhD in education, but if you don't truly know Jesus Christ, accepted Him, and let Him lead you in your guide, in your life, then you do not understand what the future is all about. As I do a final few thoughts here tonight, God's doctrine, God's Word, is the only thing that can completely satisfy man. You get very little to no satisfaction or even very temp temporarily you may get some satisfaction out of this world but it's only temporarily. The lasting, everlasting life is from the bread of life and from the light of Jesus Christ. When Jesus spoke in the temple people knew he was different. He won some people that day. I believe that because he helped them understand that he was different we want to be different in our words. And it, in different meaning, a Jesus Christ difference. Verse 17, if anyone is willing to follow him, Jesus said that uh, he will bless them and lead them. I think about in Psalms 34 and 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You you ever heard the word proof in the pudding? This is what sometimes I just wonder if we shouldn't just say to people. It's in my heart. The proof is in the pudding. Try it. You might like it. The proof's in the pudding. Give it a chance. You haven't given it a chance. Why, you know, why trying to be so against it when you really, if you tried it and be afforded it, you could, for it, for him, you could be blessed. The proof is in the pudding. Jesus invites each one of us to accept and try his doctrine. Now, he don't want us to just try it. He wants us to sincerely, wholeheartedly, really put our faith in him. And if we do, he will bless us. I read a statement from a writer one time that said this. Think about this. Think about this. That human knowledge must be known to be loved. But divine knowledge must be loved to be understood. Think about that. We truly want to love 
uh, I mean, understand who Jesus Christ is, then we need to love Him and love His work, uh, Word and seek His Word. The divine steps into spiritual understanding are as simply as accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Loving Him, loving God's Word, gaining knowledge and understanding, and building that relationship every day, every moment of your life with Him. And you can receive God's kind of love. That's what we want tonight, folks. What a much better world would it be that we lived in if we received God's kind of love. And then the last comment about spiritual understanding. It comes from obedience, as I taught on one time before, and also faith. We must obey Him and have faith in Him. God will make Himself real in our life if we would just allow Him. We as Christians know who Jesus really is. We are, our intention, our motivation in our life should be about going forward and telling people about God and who He is. I thank God for His Son tonight and for loving me and loving you and you being here tonight with me in this Bible study. Thank you for being t present tonight, even though you're in your homes or wherever you may be. Thank God. Bless you. This week, call someone. Tell them that you miss them and you love them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. God bless you. Good night. Have a great week in Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in to this Wednesday night Bible school class here at the Pineville Pentecostal Church, Church with our CE Director, Reverend Mag Perry. Don't forget, coming up Sunday morning at 10.30 is our live drive-in service, or you can watch via the internet through our website, pinelevelphc.org, or through the app at Pine Level PH, uh, uh, the Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church app, through the Google Play or the App Store, and through Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pinelevelphc. You can also watch through YouTube with Pine Level PH Church. Search for that. And the podcast is available. If you can't watch, you can listen. Go to your favorite podcast provider or go to the quick link on the website and listen to the podcast. Till Sunday morning at 1030. God bless. We'll see you back here then. For everyone here at the Pineville Pentecostal Church, I'm Joey Berry.